1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. Yo. What's up? We're talking to the the man. I was going to say the myth and the legend, but I'm just ball busting that. <laughs> just because. That's, that's crap, man. The way the West was won by Bill yes. Saunders. That Now that, now no. that. You know, here's the thing. You know, the, fu- the funny thing about, well, I shouldn't say the funny thing, but the, the realistic thing about Final Approach and when everything got started and Ron got going is, you know, it didn't. It didn't propel or it didn't push. It didn't. It, it just made a lot of other brands and names come to the top and get a little exposure as Final Approach grew and went national. You know, a lot of stuff started. You had, you know, you had Dave Smith and the decoys. You had Don Guthrie and Columbia River decoys. You had Perry Nordhaus and the flocking. You know, uh, it, at Corey and Marcus at Hardcore. It had you and the calls. And, I mean, and really there was nobody else on the West as far as calls that was known as, like, you know, the Western guy. You know what I mean? You had everybody in the Midwest. You had everybody everywhere else. You know, you had grounds. Then there was foils, zinc, and everybody. And then, but nobody was past, you know, the Mississippi River coming West. You know? Yeah. I'd agree. I mean, I would, and I would say Ron with Final Approach was probably one of the first Western companies that I say <clears throat> agreed had had deep enough pockets really to promote his product and get it out there, and in turn promoted everybody else. You know, I mean, right? And, I mean, I mean, think about you know, I I always talk about it, but it really was. It really brought the West into the conversation because, you know, I'm not saying that if Final Approach doesn't happen back in the day and Ron doesn't go, like, you know, you don't come and Marcus and Corey and and Dave and all this other stuff doesn't happen. Like, I'm not saying that, but but it it when Final Approach, you know, was starting to blow up and and everybody was buying a layout blind at the time, which is insane, is that it 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 just made the West relevant because the West has always been, you know, the forgotten, you know, stepchild and you know what I mean? Especially in waterfowl, you know, we got, we got big deer and we got elk and we got everything else out here. But as far as waterfowl, it wasn't taken, I don't want to say it wasn't taken seriously, but nobody was, was really pushing it. The narrative was, you know, you had to be in the South or you had to be in the Midwest there killing, killing geese or whatever. You know what I mean? That's just the way it was. But I think I think you touched on it there for a second. I mean, with every name that you mentioned, that that the real innovative products were coming out of the West. Layout blinds, custom painted and mold. Not saying that there wasn't custom painted and, and, and decoys, but more of a mass-produced, That's custom right. available goose decoy like That's Corian right. Mark with Hardcore with DSD. Yep. Perry Nordhaus with Flocking. I mean, he's kind of a forgotten guy, bro. I know, but but. <laughs> But you look at, I mean, Perry was the first guy to flock. I know. Decoys. Think about it's, that. I mean, and now it's become a standard, standard. equipment. Yep. Just as, you know, a layout blind has come become standard equipment for 
for uh, most uh, waterfowl companies. Yeah, I mean, we're 30 years, we're 30 years or so, you know, from a layout blind, from flocking, and n- it has not gone away. You know, everybody's still trying to make decoys better. Like, like, look at the stuff that, you know, I talk about it all the time. Listen, uh, Dave uh, and Corey Marcus, they were, without a doubt, years ahead of, you know, where they should have been and, and where the products were. Uh, and Don Guthrie on the, on the duck decoys, on Columbia River decoys, like Don was years and years they were so far ahead of with innovation and what they were doing it's it's just it's insane but the the west truly did have an incredible amount of innovative products and when you know when ron started doing the videos i mean listen it's funny to look at those damn covers and see you and marcus and darren lundy and and everybody and Corey and just (laughs) You know, yeah. and even grounds. Well, you know what I, I mean? mean? Look how young grounds day, was. <laughs> but to this day, I would still have to say, probably, and that's just because I was involved in it. But Full Moon Fever was probably right. one of one of the coolest videos at the time that I had seen. I mean, Tim had Get Down Cover Up, and you know, Sean had uh, Autumn Autumn Harvest, yep. and Daryl Wise uh, had In Your Face. Yep. And Full Moon Fever. I mean, like I said, not just because I was involved with it. But, I mean, I'm grounds biased. I mean, I was a grounds kid growing up. Grounds, you know, sure. was the man. I mean, and to see him in that video in a, you know, in a hunting situation that I could relate to, using the latest and greatest with the blinds and the flags and, you know, and, and the uh, decoys, seeing all that was, you know, it was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, it was almost a revelation for a lot of guys out there. So, I, um, I, I've said it. I've said it on every podcast in this series that when Full Moon Fever came out, it was like, you know, everything had arrived. And when you were watching that video, like just as a viewer, and and you just said the same thing and you were even in it, like watching everything that was happening and, and how close the birds were getting and the calling and the, the the tips and grounds barking, you know, you know, yelling at you guys to run and pick up geese and hurry up. Here comes another bunch. And, and I mean, it was there's no doubt it was a milestone video. You know what I mean? For goose hunters, because it, it was like nothing else that was out. And it was, you know, yeah, the duck men had their, you know, Phil Robertson and, and the whole, you know, duck guys had that you know, situation down in the bayous and the videos were, were, you know, about killing and doing all that stuff, but nothing was like full moon fever. It was, it was mm-hmm. epic is what it was. There's no doubt about it. And that was yeah. the start. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't want to say that was the start, but that just started elevating everything. And now, you know, you remember guys were running to the stores or ordering, you know, calling in, you know, I need to get that video or what, you know, send me that. And, I mean, you know what that was like back in the day. It wasn't like just at your fingertips on social media and you could just watch it. Like you had to seek it out and hear about it. That was, that was, yeah. that was pretty epic, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, to this day, I remember going to a local sporting goods store. I grew up in Boise and, and Meridian had, uh, what was it, Intermountain Arms. And they actually had like <laughs> a rental section <laughs> in there that you could rent hunting videos. Shut and up. It was, you know, it was kind of cool to, you know, see that video there. Oh, my um, God. 
And, but back then, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of them out there. No. I mean, gosh, I mean, if I no. think it's Gresham on goose hunting, uh, you had Loman with Bill Harper, you yep. had uh, Columbia Basin Waterfowlers with Steve Schultz and uh, Ed yep. Botsford and some of those guys. Yeah. But um, other than that, there really wasn't much out there. So, no, I yeah. mean, I mean, you had some of the, and, and I don't know what year it came out, but you had, well, I was going to say the Whistling Wings series with Mossy Oak, but I think that was later. I think the thing was later. I think the yeah. thing before that was uh, when Buck, when Buck and and when Buck Gardner and Barney Califf were doing their videos before Buck and Barney split and that whole deal, that was that was that was way back there too. You know, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, usually out of a boat and stuff. So that was unique without a doubt. But yeah, as far as as far as goose hunting and there was nothing, you know, that was that was pressed that that serious that was out this way. So, yeah, that that yeah. that I think put put the West on the map and then it grew from there because then, you know, then full moon fever, then it goes to out of thin air and all the other videos. And then that just helps, you know you and, it, and, well then i remember you know everybody started coming out with them yes. and there were some great great ones there were yes. some great ones but it also showed me man there's some really bad waterfowl hunters <laughs> out here that uh you know, probably shouldn't be putting this kind of stuff out on video but anyway um <laughs> no, i mean I think, uh, all the different video series that came out after that and it was um yeah there was there were some really really good ones so, I mean that that became that became the norm, and that became part of part of your company. Like if you oh, were definitely. putting out a video series, you know what I mean? Because look at I mean look at what really that started. Because so, I mean I don't I don't I don't remember any other companies having like at, at that time, you know, a video every year that came out, and then it was like you were looking forward to it, and then. Every company was like, we have to do this. We have to do a video every year, and we got a shoot video this year, and it's out next year. Like, that created, you know, a huge, mm-hmm. you know, that was a huge impact on the on the whole industry because it became the standard. Like, if you didn't do that, like, you weren't, like, you weren't going to be relevant, right? Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, it's. Yeah, it was the social media of the of the uh, right of the time, right? You know, but with with the video, you had to you had to you had to prove that you knew what was up. You just couldn't fake it with a bunch of pictures and phony stuff. Right, right. It had to be the real deal. And listen, it was it. You know, listen, Full Moon Fever and and everyone after that was you know, like I said, I was just a viewer at the time, and it was insane. So. Yeah. You know, it set. I don't want to say it set the standard, but like, you had to bring it, and if you didn't bring it, like, you know, and at that time there wasn't social media. There was just like, you know, we. Uh, I don't know. I talked about uh, like the flock knocker um, website and the forum, and and like if you didn't bring it, like you were gonna get just berated on that website if you didn't have your shit together. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, I would actually, I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that, um, I think Full Moon Fever may have even been, you know, prior to me even having the internet, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. 
I'm sure it was out there, but I didn't have it. Heck, I couldn't afford that. And when I did, I had to sit there and wait for the, the, the dial tone and everything to come up. And I wasn't, I didn't have enough time for that, man. I had stuff to do. I had ducks and geese to shoot and fish to catch and beer to drink. And that's right. That's right. So, Oh my God, that was, I mean, listen, those were the days. So, so, I mean, you've seen, you know, there's not most guys like, you know, listen, grounds isn't around and grounds was there from the beginning as well. I mean, there's, there, there isn't another person other than Duke Levan. And we talked to Duke as well. Uh, there, there wasn't another person that saw final approach, you know, from the beginning and saw it all the way through and grounds got out at a like when Ron got out and it was sold to Bushnell and things started going a little sideways. It sold, sold to Colpin. Right. It sold to Colpin first, then to, then to, uh, Bushnell, Bushnell and that's Colpin. when, right. Yeah. And that's when Ron and that's when grounds and, and both him and Ron were like, okay, I'm out. But you. That's what I'm saying. You were still involved in going. So that's what I'm saying. You've been around probably the longest, without a doubt. I don't know I'm if that's a, a badge guy, of honor. <laughs> huh? I'm, a, I'm a loyal guy. I mean, and, and I'll say this. I don't, I don't ever get behind a product that I don't believe in, you know? Yeah, and I mean... And there were some rough times with yes. the Final Approach stuff. There is yes. no doubt about that when the, when the, you know, when the transitions between from this company to that company... Yes. And, <clears throat> and there you know, was you forget about you forget about uh you know what made the, the the product great in the field and only cared about the, the the bottom line dollar um anytime you start thinking about that i think you can look at any product whether it's in our industry or others you know the, yeah. the in the in the end the customer suffers because they don't have a good product but yeah. anyway and listen we, yeah i've been there it, for a long time I, I i would say i wasn't there for the slider, I knew about the slider. Right. I saw the slider. Right. I could not afford a slider. They were expensive, man. I mean, you had to be rich to have a final approach slider. But, um, yeah, as soon as eliminators, I would say that we had at the at the guide service I was working for Pacific Wings, we had probably some of the very first eliminators. Uh, final approach eliminators. And I can remember the... Uh, the very first time I hunted them, and it was uh, hunting geese in Washington, up around Carrington and Duck Lake, and put them out there, and it was, I mean... Life-changing. I mean, you didn't have to do... you got to remember, <laughs> we used to dig sit pits. Everywhere we went on the edge of the field, we would, you know, you'd have to dig the sit pits the night before or the morning of, and if you had 10 guys plus you and another guide, you're digging a dozen of these things. And I remember getting them and um, uh, the blinds and setting it up out there in front of every, you know, this was this was prior to getting in the field. Right. But a couple guys looked at them and they're like, oh, they'll never work, man. They'll never work. And I was like, eh, I think they will. And I'll make them work because it's a heck of a lot nicer than, than digging. digging all day. That's right. And uh, the, the, the very first hunt took, in fact, I've, if I looked around, I probably could find a of it. It was myself, and at the time I was working at Pacific Wings with Craig Ritchie. Oh my God, we yeah. Went out and, um, you know, of course it's a limit shoot. I wouldn't tell you otherwise, but I do remember <laughs> it was a limit shoot. It was a great shoot. I mean, in the, the, the setup, the pickup, the cleanup, everything was so quick and easy that, uh, yeah, I mean, I was a fan from day one. And, um, 
It changed everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we hunted in the middle and, you know, in the beginning and in a lot of situations and some guys, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. I think the middle was, you know, was definitely what it put us out there where we needed to be. But as things evolved and birds wised up to it, you know, we moved to the edge and tried different, you know, tactics and, and, and things with it and really um, honed our skills when it came to using them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're an invaluable tool to this day. Right. Um, so well, it's just a lot better than digging. Bro, there's no doubt about it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So tell me this because I've asked everybody on the, on the series as we've gone through, uh, what are your top – items in the waterfowl category that changed that were like epic epic uh items let's call it you know what i mean uh that changed you know everything about waterfowling like what what are your top things that you can think of items or just items just anything that you ended up using buying well yeah, I mean, of course, a layout blind. Right, that that's on everybody's list. A layout blind is on everybody's list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Custom decoys. I yeah. mean, just the, the, the high-quality stuff. And, and who knows if it makes a, a big difference. I, I believe it does, but I sure feel good about it when I'm looking at them out there in the field. Sure. Um, um, Tim Grounds in a half-breed. Yep. It was probably my first exposure to a short recall um, that really changed changed uh, calling and the, the, just the, the reaction you got out of birds. I mean, I'm not saying that before we didn't call geese in and right. you didn't kill them, but just the, the I don't know, the, the heads snap and whip around, here they come. I mean, it was, it, yeah, it was. It was a big difference. Was awesome, man. Right. Um, Does I mean, that... those would probably be the, the, the things, um, you yep. know, we've always had flags, right. uh, rank parts, T yep. flag would probably be one of those up there just because I think it depicts a, yep. a more accurate version of a bird when used pop properly. I think when used improperly, it is probably one of the biggest waterfowl deterrents available. Agreed. Um, well, it's just like the spinners. Yeah. We, everybody had spinners on their list too, but you know, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, if you, you know, if you were there for the years that, that you first got one, it was insane. But, and now you need to be very conscious of when you use it and what you do with it and where you put it and the whole deal. So same thing on the flag, just like you're saying, like, like you're either flagging to bring them in or you're flaring, you know, flagging and scaring the crap out of them and they're gone. So you definitely have to do it at the right, right times. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget about the, the spinning wing decoy because we don't get to use batteries in this system. Yeah, you and me both. I know. Yeah. Suck yeah, it. So. Right. But that, that's the thing that I keep, you know, probably some people hate me for saying it. I wish we had them allowed again. I'm tired of pulling a dang string all the time. I mean, in the end, I'm accomplishing the same thing. It'd be nice to I always say that. get older. I always say that, too. And I, I, I go, so, okay, so we're we're... We're not allowing batteries to do the same motion that you're doing with the pull string. So the motion is what is bringing the birds in. So, you know, the wing beats and the motion. So why the hell are we, you know, at least put the wording better and say we're 
you know, we're outlawing the battery operated of wings or whatever. Like, because the motion is what's doing it, but you're not outlawing the motion. So that makes no sense to me. So I, I'm, I'm yeah, in agreement. I mean, and we did have a few years, and you know, I guided in Canada and hunted all over the country. And I mean, they they lose their effectiveness. I mean, spinning wings uh, lose their effectiveness, and they they can be a deterrent at times as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I look at it as you know, it's does it level the playing field for some guys that aren't good callers and don't have the best piece of property or can't afford a big decoy spread? I think in some situations it does, but, um, you know what, in the end, the limit is seven ducks where we live. And if a guy, whatever tool he uses, whether it's a, uh, he's an exceptional duck caller, he uses a spinning wing or he has, you know, deep pockets and have, you know, a big fancy corn pond. Um, However, it gets to seven as long as it's you know a legal and ethical way. I'd rather see somebody use a spinning wing than go out and <clears throat> pardon me pass shoot ducks or jump shoot ducks. I would rather see that because I think it would be you know it would be wouldn't be as much you know harm and pressure on the birds to 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 have a you know a quick limit. I mean the limit is seven. Let the guys get their seven. I think that you could probably see a decline in waterfowlers when we went, you know, when they banned the uh, electronic decoy, um, mojos or whatever, shakers, whatever you right, use. Right, But I think you could probably see a decline in, in hunter recruitment. Um, I might be wrong, but I noticed it. I saw that there were probably less guys out there because, you know, it got tough again, you know. It definitely did. There's no doubt about it. You had to be... You had to be in for the long haul. So, mm-hmm. so was so we're talking to Bill Saunders. So, uh, what was was the grounds half breed? Was that your first call, or what got you into the no. call game? No, my my first call was a or was I should say, from, go ahead, go ahead, go. Ahead, I'm sorry. It was a call from Dad. My dad gave it to me, and it was an old '66 yeah. Saunderman. <laughs> yeah. and. That was my first duck call, and yep. my first goose call. Was it the old 800 or whatever it was? No, no, it was actually, we went to coast to coast. I don't know if they, that was a western store. I don't know if they were across the country, but we went to coast to coast, and I went and I got it, and it was a Loman. Oh, okay. And, and I, to this, I can't remember, but it was like the cheapest one that they had. But it wasn't a flute, it was just a regular... Yeah, it was a resident cavity, right, you right. know, long read kind right. of a type of a call. And yeah, I had so it that. was like just like the and old, then, right? And so, then, but, um, but the grounds call, but the grounds call, call God, I'm was, sorry, was a uh, was a big river. Oh yeah, I, I, I heard that in a <laughs> I went into a sportsman show, and I heard somebody blowing it, and um, oh. Forget who was. Uh, it was again. Intermountain Arms had a a booth set up at this place. Went over. I heard. I mean, I've heard this thing from all the way across the building, and you know, here I am. I mean, I'm like practically wanting to come and see yeah. what it was. Call Jim. Big River Long Honker. Oh my god. And then from there, I think I I bought a Grounds Guides Best, and from there, yeah, it was a. Um, Grounds half breed, but was, but the half breed was the one that that changed the game, and that's what. And then did did that get you 
what got you thinking to go into the call side? Was it the half breed or I, was it something? You no, know, I had always whittled and diddled. I Did mean, you? Heck, I, I wasn't very good in school, but I had, you know, I took three or four years of wood shop. So, uh, um, so I could, I turned, you know, baseball bats and duck and goose calls a lot. In gotcha. fact, um, I think I probably even failed the class because he was like, I can only grade you on one duck call and you've made a hundred, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you're, you're not going to get an A in this class. If you I'm do like, more, I'm going to kill some ducks, man. I got right. a lot of duck calls. Right. And then dad bought me a little uh, lathe and to this day, I still have it. just, uh, and turned a bunch of calls. That's really what got me into it. I got gotcha. you. Uh, but, um, you know, Tim, Tim, Tim was very helpful in the beginning. Tim, Tim, uh, I've, I spent a lot of hours talking to him about, you know, hunting and calling. And, yeah. And uh, a lot of time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot of time. You catch him on a good night. And oh, you just talk. Get off the phone. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, for, for me to get in and calling, I mean, what it was was I, I moved to, from Idaho to Washington to guide. And when I got up here, I'd never heard a lesser or a cackler or right. all these different voices of birds that I was hearing. And, the, I mean, the half-breed, you know, you could kind of get those sounds out of it. And, you know, if you would tune it differently, yeah, for sure. But the main thing was I just wanted to build calls that match the, um, the voices of the birds I was hearing out there. Right. And, um, you know, and then honestly, hunting guiding i was up here guiding and guiding season is only three or four months long i had to figure out how i was going to pay the bills and right the rest raise, of the year raise the raise the kids and make sure we had food on the table and um i didn't ever want a real job so i you know i was like hey i'm going to try building some calls and you know matching the hatch of what i've got out here and it kind of took off from there so yeah i mean listen i i want to i want to remember the first so the first time so i was like the same thing so there's a sportsman show in portland i hear some calling i go to it just like you were talking about i just i'm drawn to it i go to it and it was jeff foils was there and you were there and i don't i don't think the booths were that far away from each other and I kept going back and forth. I'm like, I'm going to buy a call. What am I going to buy? I'm going back and forth and back and forth. And I remember you playing grab ass with somebody and you were blowing, you were blowing your, what was the first call? Was the guides, the guide, the guide series. It was the guide <coughs> series in Delrin. And I remember you playing grab ass and blowing it with your nose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you buy that one that I blew with my nose? No, but I bought it. I bought the other one. <laughs> no, I didn't want the one that was stuck up in your nose, but um, but I did buy that one. So that was the first night. That was the first time we met, and and kind of. I, I don't know if we. I don't know if we hit it off then, or I. I think I just kept bugging you for shit uh, all the time. So. I was kind of a pest back in the day and just because I, I wanted to yeah, get into the that. industry. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember that show as well. Yeah, the, our, I was working with Ron at the time. Yes. And yes. Ron had his booth. And yes. then in the next building over, kind of like it was a straight shot to get to where Jeff was. Yep. I will say this. I also 
and I'm going to, I don't remember you, Mario, but. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> I'll say this. I do remember meeting Dave Smith for the very first time. Oh, there you go. Was it, and, but, was that show? But, but it wasn't, it wasn't because you guys got to remember, I used to drink a lot. And I can't remember a lot back then, <laughs> but especially at the shows, for me to, you know, come out of my shell and talk to people back then, I would That's have true. to have a few in me. That's true. But I remember, I remember Dave coming up to the booth. He didn't introduce himself or anything, but y- you know, Dave, and, yes, and how he's, he, is. he comes up yes. and he looks at the, the blind and he says, you know, you know what you guys can do? You can take the pins out of this, out of the front and out of the back, and you can lay it flat, but you can still close the doors on you, and it works great when you're in a grass field or somewhere where you're hunting where there isn't a lot of cover. He said that and just walked away with uh, his wife, Elda, with, right. and he just walked away, and that was it. Right. But this day I remember you know, him telling that, and I don't know if it was for sure, but that may have kind of been the inception of the X-Lander. X-Lander right. You know, right. Not a full-frame blind, doors just laid flat on you. Yeah, Especially something lower. Exp- right. Explained to you, um, and, uh, but that's only, I didn't, that's like funny. I said, he never told me who he was, didn't meet him, but after I met him, uh, I was, well, probably a year or so later, it was, uh, or maybe it was later that year. So anyway, yeah, because then, uh, then as you, as it kind of goes down the road, Dave ends up guiding up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I mean, I want to say everybody has made their way through. You know, Tri Cities as far as guiding. Yeah, you know, I, back I, I would say in the heyday of goose hunting, especially yeah. Canada goose hunting here. Yeah, um, yeah, there was there's been a lot of you know great waterfowlers and guides and yeah. industry people that have come through here. I mean, it's uh, it's been cool to watch, um, and uh, you know, I mean, to this day, there's still a lot of great waterfowlers in this area. But back yeah. in the day, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a who's who of you know Western you know, industry folks that were coming through here. Oh, there's a ton. There was a ton. I mean, you had, you know, you had Steve Schultz and Ed Botsford, you know, Dave Smith, Brad Cochran, uh, uh, Don Guthrie was in this area. You had Perry Nordhaus. You had Corey and Marcus at at Hardcore. You had, uh, God, it was just a constant, there was just no one guy that isn't brought great. up and we haven't brought up is uh, Troy Taylor. Oh my God! Well, Troy, without Troy Taylor, there would be no Bill Saunders calls. I mean, I had an idea and and that, but Troy was actually the guy that helped me turn the very first ones. And in the beginning, he did all of all of the uh, this the, the, the it wasn't even a CNC lathe; it was a tracer lathe. Right. That. Um, um, because I was good at killing geese and figuring out, you know, what to do to, to, to shoot them better and call them better. Right. But I was not a machinist. I'm, That's know, right. Uh, I wasn't handy. In fact, I was probably told to stay away from power tools because if I cut my fingers off, I couldn't use a call. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, so Troy, but, I, I remember going to Troy's and getting duck call lessons. I remember driving up to Washington. So, I mean, that's a long, long time ago. So, yeah, there's no doubt about it. You yeah, hit that on the incredible head. Incredible duck caller. And, and Absolutely. probably one of the 
the best teachers and somebody that just knows you know, knows what making this adjustment will do to the call and this you know just the the operation yep. the mechanics and the and the why of duck calls yep um so i'm not bad on a goose call either but he's really really a good duck caller. very efficient right and a great teacher no doubt about that and then i mean you have I mean, there's Robert Strong down that area now. I mean, look at all the guys that have won contests and done stuff. You've got Travis Reeser and Dusty Brown. You know, you talk about the calling circuit out west. I mean, there's been some guys have, you know, have done a lot for the calling circuit out west here. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I think it's like the most of the calling around the country. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's barely hanging on. True. So. Right now it is. You know, but but back then it was in its heyday. I mean, you had oh. the Washington Waterfowl Festival, you had the Oregon Waterfowl Festival. You know, I mean, I mean that was the heyday. Was, I think we were traveling to a, out out west. I think we were traveling to a darn calling contest almost every weekend, or every yep. at least every other weekend. Yep. And since we had so many, and there was you know there was a lot of money. It, you know, the grounds crew started to come out in foils mm-hmm. and. Alan Stanley and the Zinc guys. I mean, it was it was fun in the heyday, man. I mean, it was a lot of fun, a lot of parties, a lot of a lot of good contests. Yeah, yeah, because then everybody started getting in their camps. You had Craig Ritchie and Alex Langbell. You know, they got in the Zinc camp at that time, and it was you had your camp, and then there was a couple grounds kids out here and a couple foils kids, and you know, foils did really well in Utah, and he had a couple guys there. And it, everybody was kind of picking their spots, you know, and you had, you had, uh, um, you know, Joe Lairs down in California and, mm-hmm. and he had, you know, some really good callers. Uh, I mean, it was, it was definitely, you know, as, as the, the blind market and the waterfowl category starts to grow, the calling category just explodes, you know what I mean? And then. You know, the retailers started catching on to it. It took a while, and it's like, you know, could could a major retailer, you know, at the time it was, you know, way back it was Cabela's, you know, could they really sell a $100, $120 goose call? And they finally, you know, bought in at that time, and then it went bananas. And now you can't turn around without a $150 goose call or duck call somewhere, you know. So it was... It was an insane time. There's no doubt about it. It was the. Yeah. It was good to come through at that time and see all that. There's no doubt. Yeah. So, as final approach grows and it has some growing pains because listen, we did talk about. I mean, Ron and I went through everything. We we talked about you know after he left and there was a section of time where uh, they changed factories on the blinds and the aluminum was, was really substandard. I mean, I went through that period of having a couple of those blinds and breaking them and it, it sucked. So, so the company had gone up and down at some point, uh, a a couple different times and, and you've been through it all. Um, the time that was probably pivotal was, I mean, obviously, the the retail war with Avery was a constant, a constant move, but and a constant thing. But when when Lee Joes takes over the marketing, and then the flyways kind of get split up, and you have Sean Mann in the East, and and you're in the West, and Foils is in the Midwest, and John Vac is there, and everything starts, you know, like like being promoted wherever 
the flyways are. I thought that was an interesting um, time because a lot of companies started doing that after that again. You know what I mean? That was another. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say it was groundbreaking, but it was another way to make sure you were paying attention to your flyway and everybody hunts differently. And that was brought to the forefront. Then I thought that was, I thought that was a, uh, I thought it was a pivotal time, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it because it, it, you know, it was kind of the infancy of the internet and all that. But what it did is it exposed me to a lot of other waterfowlers that I may not have known about, um, you know, seeing some of these other guys that the other brands were promoting and bringing yeah. guys up through the ranks and um, not necessarily just callers, but, you know, just waterfowlers, you right. know, whether they were guides or outfit, had a, their uh, outfitting business or, you know, were innovators. In their... Oh, we lost Bill, so I'll just call him back. You think a high-level place like you, you'd have a, at least a good phone or pay your bill on time. Bro, pay your bill? You dropped out. Come on. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> in my office. So am I. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about going through all that with, with the flyways, and it exposed it. Listen, it definitely exposed the way that different flyways in different areas hunt and that started being featured on a lot of things because that was one of the things that I loved watching videos and any kind of TV shows or anything. It wasn't about, you know, oh, what are they going to kill today? It was about getting to see some scenery and some animals, birds, critters, anything that was not around where I was. That's what drew yeah. me, you know? I was all, me, I'm... I mean, mine was a tactics. I mean, I love yeah. watching how other guys hunt and, and poor waterfowlers out there with the videos. But um, pick up on you know, just the waterfowling tactics, different different you know techniques that are used in different areas, whether it's calling styles, decoy rigs, the way they hide, all that. I just love. Right. That's what I loved. Um, back then when once you started to be exposed with the videos and the articles and different things from around the country yeah i mean it was it was <clears throat> without a doubt getting to see that stuff now it's just you know we take that for granted because you know you can just pull up something on social media and watch somebody you know in iowa or florida or minnesota or wherever like you could just see it but back then it was it was a big deal to catch something else like that and see something else like that. It was pretty cool. So well, I, I was into and it. The product. <clears throat> uh, what, a, a sports show or a video or, you know, the, the, the rare occasion that there was a waterfowl TV show back then, that was your usually your first exposure to new products yeah. as well. Yeah, agree. And, yeah, I, I mean, that, that was – I love that part of it. Um, yeah, now it's – it's everywhere. I click, a, you know, do a Google on latest and greatest waterfowling products, and you know, all, you know, it all comes up in front of me there. Well, but it, back then, it was it was a big it, unveil. You know what I mean? It was like what's coming out this year. Like go to the go to the sports show or go to the festivals or 
what's new. Here's the new call. Here's a new blind. Here's a new bag. Like here's, here's a new decoy. Like it was, yeah. I mean, it was a huge thing to, to go to those events and stuff to see, you know, right in front of you too, what was going to be new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was exciting. There's no doubt about it. You know, I think, and I don't want to say some of the excitement is wore off, but it's just a different, like you said, it's just different way of seeing it. You know, now you can, you know, somebody will put a picture or a video up of a new item and, and that's, that's your excitement. But back then you'd go to a show and see it and grab it. <clears throat> that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if it's just that I'm older or, or there hasn't been anything that really knocked my socks off here lately or, but yeah, I kind of feel the same. I mean, I miss the shows. I miss that excitement of seeing the, you know, running into that booth of, you know, right. who's this guy? Where's he from? What's <laughs> right. that? Oh my goodness. That's awesome. I need that. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Or, you know and, then, and then, and then actually getting the go to the show and getting to interact with the person yep. and have a conversation and then, you know, pick his brain. How did you, you know, how did you think of this? You know, the backstory and all that. You know, I just, I just don't feel like you get that, you know, it, not, not as so, personal, but, Anyway, you know what I mean? What you're talking about, not as in person, not as personal, not as intimate, however you want to, you want to say it. It wasn't, it's not as personal anymore. And that kind of, yeah, that takes a little bit of the, like you said, you know, why, how the hell did you come up with that? What, what made you do that? You know, that was always the cool thing that intrigued me when somebody came out with a product was, was if, if you look at it and you go, Oh my God, that's going to work. And then you go, I got to get that. And then you're like, what, what the hell, where did you come up with that? You know what I mean? Like that was definitely a cool part of it. There's no doubt. Yeah, that was the layout. Line. When you think of, you know, what started final approach. I mean, that was, you know, rolling in and, and seeing a layout line for the first time, you know, as a waterfowler, I mean, I, I could put myself in that line when I saw it and just, uh, you know, and you, to think, you know, and to talk to Ron about how he came up with it. Right, you know? right. Uh, you know, it I, I, uh, pops into my mind a lot. This was one of the first times that I saw a layout line. There was another person that uh, was kind of in the uh, final approach camp at the time. I mean, this is years and years ago. Sure. I, and, and the conversation was uh, was brought to me. You know, he's probably only going to sell about two or 300 of these and then and probably not sell anymore. I'm thinking Oh my God! What? <laughs> I'll never forget that. Whether it was a, made sense if it's part of the conversation or not, it just kind of popped in my head. And but, you don't uh, want to say who that was, huh? You don't want to say who that was who said that. I got a pretty good memory, and eh, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, man. <laughs> they they could not have been more wrong on any anything ever because yeah and every company now has several versions and if if ron doesn't do that you know like look at look at i mean just look at any company out there that has so many blinds and what's going on and 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 they can copy and change they can change make little feature changes but the actual idea has never been changed. You know what I mean? The actual mm -hmm. concept, and that is game-changing and innovative. And I call, you know, I call Ron, I, you know, I talk to him, and 
when I had him on when we started this whole series, you know, and I'm telling him he's the the father of invention and the grandfather and people should kind of take their hat off to him. And, you know, listen, I'm not, I wasn't saying it as like, you know, people got to bow down to you. But I, I'm, I was just like, listen, if this doesn't happen, if you don't do this, you know, a lot of. I mean, a lot doesn't happen and, and, and waterfowl guys don't, don't get to hunt the way they hunt. And, and he just kind of brushes it off and, and I'm just like, dude, it was game changing, like life changing, world changing. And he just kind of, yeah, you know, you know, Ron, he just kind of shrugs it off, but it it is without a doubt. What do you think if we didn't have layout blinds, still be digging sit pits and laying in spreads on, on, I know on backboards and digging big pits. I mean, I mean, I gotta you, think. You think it would have came? You think somebody else would have thought of it? I gotta I mean, think somebody else. I gotta think somebody else would have thought of something, or or had come up because it just, man, it, it just it 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 was the solution to so many problems. You know, hiding in the middle of a field, hiding in any field, being comfortable, being out of the weather. Uh, I mean, you got to think somebody would have come up with something, but you know, Ron was, was on top of it and was the, was the guy. And then, you know, God, just everybody well, then copies we it. Had that, how, I mean, before we had them, I, I laid in the spread or actually I kneeled in the spread and I had a, a canvas shirt that was the same color of the, the decoys that I used. And as a geese approached, I would just hunker over. And you know, kind of curl into a into a little ball, or as little of a ball as I could, <laughs> and and curl that into a good. ball. And then when they came up, I just you know you just you know raise up and shoot them. I mean that's how we hunted, or we laid and we put a a big seven forty seven over the top. Yes, of us, you know? and that I mean this isn't uh, the flip down lid. You know, Ron Winnick no. style. This was no. we just had a seven forty seven. We just laid it on top of us. Yeah, um, we, uh, so. so my first experience goose hunting was, and, and we did it every time we went and, and, and we had huge cornfields in Pennsylvania. They cut high stubble. Uh, we would get into a row, make sure all of us were, you know, right in line and we would, you know, drag out all the corn in that little section where we could lay down. We put down plastic, we put down burlap, then you would lay down and then you would throw your your rucksack at the time, there was no blind bags and stuff, your little rucksack behind your head, and then burlap over you, corn stalks on top of you, and then and then later on the 747 shells, we bought you know four or five of those, and then everybody was able to put their legs under those, and, and that's how we hunted forever until, you know, I got my first le- eliminator. So... I mean, everybody had something different, but listen, the digging and that, 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 you know, I'm not digging, I'm not digging nothing anymore. I'm not trying all that, you know, mm. screw that. And it, like you said, yeah. 10 guys, like 10 holes. No, you know, no, I dug, a, I dug a whole pit one time, <sighs> a whole pit that was big enough to hold. I dug it with the, with actually the guy that uh, did the original artwork for uh, Bill Saunders calls logo uh will bailey out of alaska who's a fishing guy on the Cumper river up there but he would come down and he would guide with us in the fall or help guide in the fall and um him and i by ourselves 
dug an entire, you know, the, the pits that we use, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. four foot, four, 50, 50 some foot deep, 50 some inches wide. You know, this wasn't, I think it was at least 12 to 16 foot long. We dug it by <laughs> hand in a day, got it all set up. And I think we ended up shooting a grand total of one goose out of it for the season. Oh my God almighty. So after that, I will never dig another pit by hand. Yeah. Buy a track hoe and just go out and, you know, screw mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I got a good backhoe operator now, so yeah, I you're, don't have to do much shoveling. Yeah, I think I think you're doing. <clears throat> I think you're doing pretty good up there with with the grounds that the ground that you got and and the the hookups that you got and everything else. And you know, listen, you've you've evolved. You know, you know the thing. <clears throat> The thing about that is, you know, look at look at everybody that comes out of working with Ron or being associated with Ron and then goes on to do other things. You know what I mean? You you go through the evolution, you know, like Fred Zink was, was kind of like the first pro staffer, you know what I mean? Because Grounds was like sending, you know, and Jeff Foyles, like Grounds was sending fo- Foyles and Zink to go work the shows because you know, Tim didn't want to do it. So he'd send Fred and, and Jeff and sell the blinds and, and, and grounds calls and all that stuff. And then, and then Fred goes to Avery and starts that, that whole thing with, with those guys and foils goes on to do his calls and, and is involved. I mean, look at the, you know, if you want to call it the six degrees of, of Ron Latchaw, but look at how many guys, you know, interact with Ron and then go on to do major stuff in the industry. Yeah, no, that, that that's true. But you also have to remember back then. I mean, there wasn't very many companies around. Right. I mean, how many? I mean, you know, when I first started duck and goose hunting, there was, you know, as far as decoys went, you know, you had carry light. Yep. You had flambo. Yep. Uh, you had plasti duck. Yep. And those were the ones that were readily available to me. And pardon me, G and H. Right. Uh, how can I forget those? Yep. Um, those were the decoy companies that were readily available as far as calls went. You had, you know, you had, you know, grounds wasn't readily available to us. Um, no. Ron Winnicky with Woods Game Calls yep. was probably more available. You had Loman, yep. you had Old, you had Falks. Yep. And, you know, Big River and some, you know, with Mick Lacey. But, uh, and then as far as apparel and, I mean, oh, God. there really wasn't very many options out there compared no. to today. So, you, oh, I mean, if now. you wanted to be in the industry... You were going to have to work for one of these guys. That's so. right. Well, or or you were going to come up with an idea for yourself and start your own company yeah. and start your own business. You know what I mean? There was only two ways. It was either get with somebody that was already going or, you know, get your own thing started. So, yeah, I mean, and listen, the, the, the waterfowl category, you know, just explodes and, and keeps going. And, you know, more companies come, some go away. You know, the decoys evolve, the blinds evolve, the, the gear evolves. Like, look at where it's come to today. It's, it's, you know, the best stuff that you can get is available, you know, materials for clothing and, and everything. I mean, everything is just, you know, top-notch. There's no doubt. And, and innovation well, is a little slower just because everything has i don't want to say has been done but everybody is exhausting every idea you know out there mm-hmm. so there's yeah, yeah. I, i've said it before i can only imagine being 
you know, a 19-year-old Bill just getting into guiding and, and all that, uh, having this kind of equipment, this kind of information. Right. Oh, my goodness. It it's right. so much easier. Yeah. I had to figure it all out myself. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> know what? I could have just read an article or watched a YouTube video or had somebody give me the decoy and give me the call and, and away I go. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed I, I'm earning it. I'm thankful and I, I'm, I'm right. proud to, to, to be able to say that, it, you know, I went through all that. You know, I was for a lot of the innovation and a lot of the, the, the things that came about, I was, uh, you know, I was part of it and got to live through it. But I'm sure the generation before me said the, probably the same thing. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, plastic decoys and right. you know, mold calls and, you know, different things like that. So I'm sure every generation will be able to say that. Yeah, I mean... Except I... for millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I came through that time and kind of had to earn it and, and work hard for it and learn it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was, you know, that, that I think was, I just enjoyed coming through there, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're a waterfowler today, you, you have everything at your fingertips, which is, which is incredible. Uh, you know, but the, you know, you have the good part of social media and you have the bad part. I mean, it was just like you said, back when we were talking about videos, you know, you had some guys putting out videos that were, you know, maybe not as good as a callers or, or hunting tactics or whatever they did. And, you know, listen, you have, you have that now you have the, the social media it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to take a, a class or get a certification about posting a video. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, everything is out there good or bad. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully the new generation of hunters or new hunters, whether they're older or not, that they're, you know, watching the, the tips and tactics from hopefully somebody who's good and they learn and ethical and, and all that kind of stuff. Because I, I, I have talked about that in this whole series about, you know, listen, Butch Richenbach's not around anymore. Tim Grounds is not around anymore. Buck Gardner doesn't do much traveling. You know, we're losing all these icons of the sport that, all of us kind of grow grew through and and idolized and looked up to and learned from and and i don't that's uh, kind of going away a little bit i mean look at all the guys that aren't available you know mm -hmm. to talk to and learn from no i agree i mean i had to I've, I've heard it from you know uh, a lot of uh, a lot of folks have said that uh, they're kind of experience the same thing when they go to a show or some of events or you know even videos and, and things like that that you, you don't see those type of guys anymore um which i don't know i don't i don't think this way and i don't act this way but i mean even myself i don't go to very many shows anymore or, or do anything like that and i don't know i've done a lot of them yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I like I like to I like to walleye fish. And <laughs> every day that I'm at a show is one day that I don't get to walleye fish. So. Right. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. I just you don't you don't see that those kind of yeah icons or you know celebrity or you know idols. Yeah. You know? There's no doubt. It's an idol. It's an icon. There's no doubt. We're just we're and I'm listen. I'm sure this isn't the only 
you know, category that we're losing people like that. I'm sure that's happening on the deer side and the fishing side. I, I don't know. I mean, those are bigger, you know, categories to begin with, and there's a lot more people, but I'm sure they're, they're losing some folks too. There's no doubt. It's just evolution and growth and people getting older and, and that whole deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, listen, you, you, you've been through the good and the bad. You, I'm, sh- you know, I'm sure you still have your original eliminator that you, I'm sure you have a few with all the guide business and everything else. Uh, like yeah, most people if you look, look in there. There's there, the first ones that we had had the back land. They were Mossy Oak, Mossy Oak shadow grass. Yep. Yep. And, but they had a uh, back land. Um, Oh, uh, backrest. Yes. Remember backland camo? Yep. Yep, they yep. had the backland uh, camo <laughs> backrest, and then we got nat gear. That's right. Um, That's right. But but the ones with the with the with the backland backrest, if you go out into uh, one of the cans that we store uh, the blinds and stuff, and guys, but if you go through there, you can find some of those. Those and those I, were the original ones because the the first one uh, I got had the green backrest. With the logo stitched yeah, in. Yeah, that was yeah, that was late. This, this that was, was the production. Right. This was like right. when you know they were just, they just, just going. Out. And they were made of uh, cordura, yep. which thank God nobody builds them out of cordura <laughs> anymore because when cordura <laughs> gets cold, it tightens up oh. and you can't you can't hardly I mean can't close the doors. You can't you can't <laughs> set the blind up. <laughs> When it got real cold like that, you know, it was a quick fix, and he figured out what, you know, to use a, you know, polydacron. But, uh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, the first ones when it got cold, I remember you'd have to sit them, you, you'd, you'd sit them by the exhaust of the truck, heat up the blind so oh you my could God. pop them up. So, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore, bro. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at all the products it's gone through and how much is gone. So, I mean, the only thing we're, the only thing we're trying to do now, and I, I told this to Ron and just about everybody else is we're just trying to get back to, you know, when Ron started the company and why he started the company, he just wanted to build some really good products for waterfowlers to help them, you know, have a better day in the field, more comfortable, make the gear last. And, you know, we're just trying to get back there. You know what I mean? Well, because it's gone well, through a bunch of changes. For a fact, what I've seen that you guys have been putting out, as far as the blind products like that, yeah, you're you're getting back to yeah. where it was. I mean, it's you know, definitely went through a, a period there where the the, the quality was down, yep. and yep. Uh, I think you know some shortcuts were taken. But uh, what I'm seeing now, you guys are you guys are on the right path. Well, we're, we're, we're working hard at it and trying to get back. And, you know, the good thing is I, I was, I was there for the, not the the exact beginning, but as the, the brand started really, you know, blowing up and saw those products and watched it. So, so now getting back to that isn't, isn't that hard. Cause I watched that whole section of what, you know, what should have been done or what was being done and let's get back to that and the quality and, and everything else. So we're just, you know, listen, we're just like everybody else that's that's true to this deal. We're just waterfowlers trying to make waterfowl products for guys to use and gals to use and, and try to make it good, and that's all we're trying to do. So, you know, we're getting there. It's a, it's a, pro, it's a process. We're, 
we're grinding. That's all you can do. So. Yep. I know, man. <clears throat> Bill Saunders, if you want to check his stuff out, go to Bill Saunders Calls. You can check out Big Guns is the, the guiding operation. <clears throat> uh, so you can get everything there from Bill. Is there anything uh, new for this fall on the call side? Probably. I just can't think of it right now. <laughs> Uh, we got new duck calls, new goose calls. Uh, yeah, the big spin. Uh, brought, hey, you know, one thing we did was we brought, you know, that we used to build years and years ago and kind of went away from it. And somebody picked it up. Uh, we brought back our uh, Avise Gunworks is our banded. Uh, oh, yeah, the choke tubes. Uh, choke tube company. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember, remember those old I ones do. I used to build. And, I do. Yeah. So and oh, that's they're, cool. they're not wad grabbers or anything like that, which which I know are good tubes, but I've never used them. But they're you know we've come out with uh, some constrictions that uh, you know I've used for twenty plus years, uh, and um, we did a lot of we did about a year and a half, two years of just dialing in these uh, the these tubes. tubes where yeah. we wanted them, and um, besides being lethal constrictions with you know that'll work with any waterfowl load they're cool i mean they look like an authentic band uh we worked out a uh a deal with um uh the jack minor foundation oh cool that uh, that uh that we have a jack minor band and we have two we have a couple different styles of federal bands the advice style which is old school style right, that right. some of the kids don't remember and of course we've got the you know the more recent right and the <clears throat> That's cool. Address. But a uh, portion of every sale, that's the other thing, is portion of every sale goes to uh, the conservation of waterfowl, whether it's the Jack Miner Foundation, Ducks Unlimited, Federal Fishing Game, whatever that's awesome. it may be. So, yeah, bro. We're excited about that, man. That's cool. That's cool. So you can check those out. You know, the other thing we didn't we didn't really hit on, but but it's something that I just thought of when you were talking about bands and stuff like that is is the 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 amount of snows that have changed that area that you're in and you guys really are pushing the snow goose hunting and how crazy that has gotten like look at like you you would never see a snow goose over in your area you know say 15 years ago to shoot a snow goose in our area was a big deal right and now there's you know a huge huge population and it's grown and now you're you're grinding on them and and it's just like look at you know products have evolved and stuff has evolved but the birds have evolved and the flyways have evolved you know when agriculture changes or weather patterns or something throws a you know a curve they change too so it's man that's nuts what you guys have going over there with you know yeah yeah, there's definitely been an explosion of white geese um i think uh They've actually probably pushed some of the darkies into different areas that, uh, oh, sure. that we had here. But, uh, you know, we have a lot of white geese. And um, just to make things clear with, with folks, I mean, there's a lot of snow geese in the Midwest and in different parts. Our geese are, our geese are Wrangell Island, Alaska, Russian snow geese. Yep. So it's a totally different population. We are yep. seeing some, you know, carryovers um, with the blue geese. Our, yes. The Russian population didn't have blues. We're starting to see more and more blues. This, you know, that's come cool. Through. But um, you know, there's yeah, from from maybe having you know <laughs> a handful that comes through every year to hundreds of thousands, yeah. by no means millions. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool to yeah, it's pretty cool to watch and get involved in and and get to hunt a different bird all the time that you you know you haven't you haven't been able to. So that's that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you yeah. Uh, if you guys are looking for something to do out west and want to get out here and chase something. Look up Bill, check his calls. I mean, listen, if you're a if you're a western goose hunter and you don't have a, a traffic on your lanyard, you know if what I mean? Any goose hunter. Yeah, and there, you don't have a traffic on your lanyard. I mean, it's it's there's no doubt, but I'm saying if if you're here and you don't have one, it's a shame. But yes, it is it is national, but I mean, if you didn't have a traffic on your lanyard coming through, you know, that that part of goose hunting when it started exploding more I mean that was, yeah. Yeah, but, well, I was Mario. I've always told guys uh, if they want to buy traffics and buy them by the dozen and use them as decoy weights, that's fine with me too. <laughs> they're pretty expensive decoy weights, but yeah, I get that. Going, God, they're selling twelve at a time, and I'm only selling one or two at a time. This guy's got it figured out. So. <laughs> uh too too good, Bill. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate everything you've done in the waterfowl industry, and and. Uh, everything you've done for the, you know, for younger folks coming up and, and call in and everything else. So yeah, bro, you're, you're a good dude, believe it or not, no matter what anybody yeah. else says, I'll, I'll say that, you know, I'm a good, wait till, wait till you get around me. Then you can make the judgment, right? <laughs> I've been around you. Go scratch. You're a good dude. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Hey bud. Appreciate it. Thanks for everything. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon and see you soon. All right, man. Thanks bud. Talk to you later. All right. Bill Saunders, uh, Bill Saunders calls, uh, Eastern Washington, uh, the, the Kennewick Tri-Cities area. He's got his own guide business. He's got his calls. If you want to shoot some birds and come out West, or if you're in the West, uh, he's just a ton of fun to hunt with and flat out. I talk about it all the time. There's, there's definitely, uh, some incredible callers that I've gotten to hunt with, uh, and see them at their craft. And as far as, uh, killing lessers and now snows, here in the West, Bill is is all on top of it. So, and plus, you'll have a blast. So, um, <clears throat> big shout outs to everybody on the podcast and our partners, whether it be in Federal Ammunition and Rogers Sporting Goods and Ranchland Outfitters up in Alberta, Canada. Uh, big shout outs to them. And this has been like the history of FA and going back and talking to everybody that's been involved in it and going. All right, that's the FA podcast for today. Appreciate you checking it out. I'm Ariel. I'm out.